Wait, you got after me for my Beyonce knowledge, yet you're humming I Dream of Genie." Man, a lot of people come at me like, Drupal's not WordPress, Drupal's not Joomla. I'm just like, you're right, it's not. Now keep it moving. Every day I'm Drupal, every day I'm Drupal. Hello and welcome to Drupal Easy Podcast number 192. My name is Mike Anello and I will be one of the hosts for today's festivities. Um, Today is a host-only podcast. We do these every now and then um, just to make sure we don't let uh, anything fall through the cracks. So real quick, let's go around the horn and see who we have here today. Um, fresh off a trip to the Northern Lights Drupal Camp, which we'll be hearing about in a few minutes, is Anna Collada. Good morning, Anna. Good morning, good morning. Did you have, I'm going to ask one quick question, just give me yes or no, don't spoil it, but did you have any really kind of oddball food in Iceland? Not really. Oh. I was hoping that you that there'd be like, you know, some type of mammal that we haven't heard of that only exists on Iceland that you have like a, you know, like a steak of. Yeah, no, Iceland can't support that type of. Uh... All right. Wait, is Iceland, the, is Iceland the country with that weird like canned shark thing the that's fermented supposed to smell shark. horrible? Yeah. 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 I did not encounter any fermented shark oh, and I would not have tried it thing. if I had. I think I've seen that on, what's that, that guy who's on, the Anthony Bourdain? Anthony Bourdain, yeah, that's how I know about it and how I know to avoid it. Yeah, that did not look like a, like a, like a, a festive or fun or enjoyable experience at any level. Well, I think of it like their version of Birdie Bot's uh, Magical Jelly Beans. What? The, the, you know, the <laughs> jelly beans that some of them taste normal and some of them taste like boogers or grass. Every oh. flavor shark? Yeah. What? Who's that? <laughs> Look Man, I thought just, we locked the doors. Look, I know. Good golly. Someone, <laughs> next time i going to change the locks. Welcome, Mr. Price. Good morning. Hi, good morning. You're actually a surprise guest because none of us realized that you snuck into this podcast. We, <laughs> we thought you were still sleeping. Uh, no, I just uh, didn't get any of the messages in the morning because, yeah, I had just just woke up. And then I started getting this Skype call and I was like, what that's starting now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For, so for those of you who are who are you know, listening, this is a rare. Uh, we're recording this on a Saturday morning, which is pretty different for us. So since we're spread out all over the U.S., um, it's a very handy time for some of us, and not so much for Mr. Price. So thank you for for getting up early. Yeah, no problem. And uh, it's very it's very interesting here. Uh, it's just starting to get where it's light out at this time of the morning. And then next week, we're going to mess it all up. Oh, Isn't that's that... next week? Yeah, I was going to say, that's oh. next week. That's good, though. That means it's lighter earlier, right? Oh, no, the other way. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just going to mess with my internal clock. That's all I know. No, I think it's... So it's, sat- it's next Saturday night? Yeah, Saturday night, Sunday morning. Uh, I'm gonna and, be uh, if you're not in the U.S., just ignore everything we just said. Yeah, because I'm sure it's not the same day for you. Yeah, it's spring forward, so that means it's going to be lighter later in the evening. Yeah, yeah, in the morning. 
as well, yeah. All right, well, the other, let me quickly do the rest of the introductions. Um, I think we heard uh, Ted in the background there um, uttering his disgust over um, crazy tasting jelly beans. <laughs> uh, actually, I remember those now that you mentioned actually what they were. I've had those. Not bad. Yeah, no, they're, they're <laughs> bad. They're fully bad. And um, it's like Haley's Comet comes around once every 77 episodes. Uh, Mr. Andrew Riley. Yep. Sadly, today is the day Mark Twain died. <laughs> is he the one who was born and died? Yep. Okay, thank you. All right, thank you for confirming that. Um, I think that's everyone, right? Did we? Yeah. And myself. Okay, very good. And the lone member of the Drupal Easy podcast team that is not able to make it, um, Kelly, who is hopefully finding some snow on her ski trip, although she was yeah. doubtful when we spoke with her yesterday. Um, she's somewhere up in the northeast where I guess the temperatures were in the 60s yesterday. So she's either um, um, playing lots of board games or skiing on ice if things are frozen over. So, Well, we're five hours away and we got a bunch of snow. So I don't know if that means she got snow. Oh, hopefully. Yes, hopefully she did. All right. Well, we'll, we'll wish her the best. All right. So um, before we kind of jump into things, let me mention our sponsor, MyDropWizard.com. They offer Drupal 6 long-term support. So if you are one of those folks who has to continue to support a Drupal 6 site or you have a Drupal 6 site and you want to make sure it stays secure, um, there are two ways of going about it. You can um, you know, keep a real close eye on the Drupal core issue queue looking for security issues and then backport them um, well, not backport them, but then um, apply them manually to your site, which could take up a good amount of time because not only will you have to do that for Drupal Core, but you probably also would want to do that for any modules on your site. Um, you can do that, or you could utilize the services of mydropwizard.com, and they will do all of that for you. Um, they will actually take over the process of making sure your Drupal 6 site is secure and moving forward, including contributed modules. Um, if you host on any of the more widely used Drupal hosting services, um, it actually um, works even better because they can get involved in that process and um, run some uh, either automated or manual tests as part of that process so that you almost do not have to get involved at all. So definitely check them out at mydropwizard.com. If you're a shop and you have a number of clients on um, Drupal 6 that you would like to have ongoing support for, you can also check out their white label support. Um, so it, uh, their services will be invisible to your clients and you will look like a genius to your clients. So check them out at mydropwizard.com. All right, so I thought what we would do, and I've been thinking about this for about um, two months now, and seeing how it's the beginning of March, I'm you know, just now getting to it. Um, but what I wanted to do was kind of take a look back and a look forward at Drupal 8. And just kind of do a round robin and ask everyone um, a couple of questions. Uh, question number one, what is your favorite thing about Drupal 8 so far? Um, you know, when Drupal 8 came out, there was a lot of excitement about a lot of the new features and... Um, you know, kind of the new architecture of it. And we all kind of had our ideas of what, you know, what our favorite thing was. But now that we've had a year, or actually more than a year under our belt of using Drupal 8, 
I think we probably have a bit more perspective on the answer to the question of what our favorite thing about Drupal 8 is so far. So I'm actually really curious to find out from our, uh, from our co-hosts what they think about that. Um, and then looking forward, you know, what are we looking forward to the most? And not just with Drupal 8. I thought I'd open it up to like the entire, you know, in the Drupalverse in 2017. So is there a thing? You know, it could be an event. It could be um, an initiative. It could be, you know, a module. Who knows? Um, but what are you looking forward to the most in the Drupal universe in 2017? So um, do we have any volunteers to go first? Not it. <laughs> you can't see this, but I'm putting my finger on my nose. Okay. They're very good. Well, I'm going to go that... first then. I th well, th that means that you're passing, right, Anna, or no? It's, I think that was it's, a... It's the same thing as saying not it, yes. Yeah, okay. Right. It's a, it's a nonverbal not it. A nonverbal not it. Which, okay. which so. doesn't work well on a podcast. Thank you for saying It really doesn't, that. but that's my go-to <laughs> versus saying not it. That's a, my group of friends yeah. always said. You All could right. do hand on nose. <laughs> you can just say it really fast. <laughs> All right. Well, Mike. Oh, are you, are you taking it? I was going to, unless you, you want to go first. That's fine with me. Oh, I was going to say, before we even start this, in the, in the topic of looking back, I'm not sure if we've actually mentioned this recently, but did you know we've been doing this podcast for eight years? Wow. As in eight whole years? At Is least it? you, Andrew, and I. Is it eight years? Oh, my goodness. I, yep. That is like a one skill that I do not have as far as if someone asks me, and it just happened this morning. My daughter was asking me when, you know, something, there was an event that happened in our family, you know, a few years ago. And my daughter was asking me what year that happened. And I just, I have, I do not have the, the, the skill or the, the mental capacity or whatever it is. I cannot remember what year certain things happen. Other than, like, I know what year I got married. I know what year my kids were born. Um, but I'm so bad at, like, looking back and identifying a year. So what you're saying, Ryan, is that we started this in 2009? 2009. 2009. Um, and I got to say, I the only reason why I know the exact year is because we have the internet and all of our podcasts are up there. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, although, if, if someone is feeling nostalgic and they want to go check... I, I haven't actually tried myself, but I want to say one time after you updated the Drupal Easy site, I went to try to listen to some old episode and I had trouble doing it, but I may be totally wrong about that. No, I've tried to do it before. Maybe, and yeah, the the back ones, far back, were not available. They were dead links. Oh, really? They should all but be. I oh. think I think that was way before you updated to Drupal 8, so it wasn't like a Drupal 8 migration problem. All right. Well, ping, you know, let me know. I mean, I'll check out the first few. Here's a bit of trivia without looking. And, I, and here's something like, I can't remember the year, but I'm pretty sure I remember the title of our very first episode. Oh, well, I'm, I'm looking at it, so oh, you can't ask me. Okay. Andrew, do you remember what it is? No idea. I think, I think it was Dries for President. That is correct. Yeah, it might have been. That yeah. sounds about right. Yeah, you so go. you didn't even ask. You didn't even ask if me and Anna were like big fans at the time and 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 knew that. Well, I just assumed. <laughs> I assumed that you knew the answer to it. So I didn't want. <laughs> oh my! All right. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and just get us rolling. How about that? Um, so go I'm gonna it. say my favorite thing about Drupal Eight so far, which I didn't 
and this is definitely a different answer than I would have given on November 19th, 2015 or whatever. I think that was the date that Drupal 8 came out. Um, I think my favorite thing so far about Drupal 8 is the fact that you can do so much with just Drupal core. And I think it's a bit of a game. I think it's, it's a bigger game changer than a lot of people give it credit for. Um, the fact that you can download and install Drupal core and build out, I wouldn't say, you know, a complete site, but, you know, compared to Drupal 7, where you would, you know, you could build out 50% of a site with Drupal core. I'm willing to wager that for most small and medium sized Drupal sites, you can probably build out 80% of your site with just Drupal core. That is pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know if anybody wants to argue with me about that percentage. I can be easily swayed, but it's a, it's a larger, it's a considerably larger percentage than with Drupal 7. So um, you're saying a Drupal 9 meta tags will just be in core, like uh, CCK <laughs> and views before it? Yeah, meta tags is a big one. Meta tags is, is definitely a big one. Um, but that actually, that's interesting you say that, Andrew, because when we, on the second question, what am I, you know, what am I looking forward to the most in the Drupal universe in 2017. Um, it's not the meta tag module that I was thinking of, but there's one module, one contributed module that I think is the views, mo- you know, what the views module was to Drupal 7. This module is to Drupal 8. It's a module that I don't know how you build a site without using this module in Drupal 8. Path auto. You got it. Paragraphs. No, I would say path auto. <laughs> <laughs> well, because Path Auto needs token, so I think that's probably yeah. like it's kind of a consistent. Yeah, but, but Path was... Auto is the part you need. You know, I mean, if you right. roll, you know, that's that's the thing that I don't understand. And I actually did a little bit of research. You know, I I, I checked out some issue cues about getting Path Auto into core, and you know, there's some. Um, there they did mention the dependency on token. Um, another uh, thread was. Um, it shouldn't just go into core as path auto. It should probably be integrated with the path module. So it's not really putting path auto into core. It's just taking the functionality of path auto and including it as part of the path module. Um, all good points. But that's if there's one thing I would, I'm looking forward to, um, and I don't know if it's going to happen in 2017. Um, I'm not involved in the issue other than just you know reading it and, and learning as much as I can about it. Is I think that if path auto was in core and, you know, Andrew, like you said, to a lesser extent, you know, something like meta tag and redirect module, um, you know, redirect, I think is not that far behind path auto in my headspace as far as how important it is for, for Drupal sites. Um, I think if you get path auto into core, um, that, that bumps that percentage of sites that can be built with just core up a considerable, uh, a considerable amount. I yeah, the, I generally lump those together. It almost sounds like an initiative for like user friendly slash SEO friendly. Yeah, yeah. And meta tag. I mean, first of all, I'm going to give props to our friend Damien McKenna, who is if you want to take a look at what a module maintainer looks like, and, and you know, not physically looks like, but that you know how they maintain a module. I, I don't know anyone who does it better than Damien at this point. Um, I'm pretty sure he just eats, sleeps, drinks, uh, made a tag. Yeah. And that module is just, it's, it's fantastic. Um, 
and the way he keeps it up to date, and he's you know he, he's got the seven the seven dot x branch and the eight dot x branch kind of just moving every month. There's like there's something going on with those two. It's it's just it's it's amazing. So huge huge thanks and and props to Damien on that one. But anyway, I'll stop talking because those are my two answers. So my favorite thing was the amount of things you can do with just core, as well as the hopeful momentum towards getting Path Auto into core. So who's next? I heard Ted. I guess I'll go. Ted's up. Everybody take one step back <laughs> except for Ted. Uh, so I was going to, so actually I was going to sort of respond partly to what you said about meta tags. It's kind of almost in a way I feel like it's maybe good because, that it's not in core because, you know, Damien is pushing it so, so fast and adding stuff where I don't know that that would happen so fast in core. So maybe it's a blessing and a blessing that's not in core. Yeah, but, that's, that's true. Yeah. Or maybe a lighter meta tags, um, yeah. and then the meta tag module could augment it. That's true, yeah. And the other thing about Anna's had mentioned paragraphs. I don't know. Is that going to be your thing? Should I not steer thunder to talk about that, Anna? No, that's that's not. <laughs> okay. So go ahead. That uh, seems like paragraphs is, in some sense, it seems like one of the more exciting things or something that people are excited about. But it, for me, it's not like every site would need it whereas something like path auto like every site needs that um whereas pa- paragraph seems like great for a certain way of building sites but path auto seems like that's just like every site should have it yeah agree. Um, paragraphs fills a niche though it's that referenceable entity that doesn't have its own page that isn't a taxonomy it's just kind of like the lightest entity out there that you can reference yeah, well, you, know you can't Andrew, reference it, though. You can't Andrew, reuse it. Two years ago, Andrew, if you had just described what you, you know, if you used that, if you had said that description two years ago, I think everyone would assume you were talking about field collection. Yeah, well, yeah, you have beans, you have field collections, you have, uh, what was it, uh, panel entities. You have a, a bunch of them that are close but slightly different. I think that's going to be probably the next big thing is some type of entity that's just a, a generic one that, uh, like Anna said, you know, it will probably should be better referenceable than just from its originating entity. Well, ECK. Entity construction. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, Ted, you want to go ahead with your two? Okay. Sure. So, favorite thing about Drupal 8 so far probably would be... Um, I don't know if I would say symphony, but the fact that it's object-oriented. Um, so, I mean, I guess I, I came from an object-oriented background, and when I first came to Drupal, I was like, oh, yeah, what's going on while the all these magic naming of functions and stuff like that? Um, so, you know, day-to-day, I, I just enjoy programming with, with, with it more. Um, yeah, and probably what I'm looking forward to the most for 2017 is probably media getting into core. I think that would be really big. Or, you know, I guess, yeah, the media entity and then the like some sort of media library I think will be a real big game changer for the perception of people when they install Drupal. Well, I think that's just going to be a huge one. Just, I mean, I'm stuck in the Drupal 7 world, but yep. it is a nightmare installing multiple media modules because they all want different versions or some type of conflict. Something's going to explode painfully. So yeah. having that in there as kind of the cornerstone for media will make those add-on modules a lot more uh, predictable. Yeah, I think to some extent, like media, because it is like a whole 
sort of universe in itself maybe in some sense like some of it it doesn't work well in contrib because uh you do have that one sort of core media module that needs to that every module sort of needs to make sure it, it knows the version and it works well with so once it's in core then you know obviously a lot of that stuff will still live in contrib but and maybe the innovation will go on in contrib but yeah, like you said they maybe won't be such a worry about making sure you have the right one or whatever because hopefully it'll you know once it's core and once it's stable it won't be changing as much so you'll be more reliable in that but ted snaps snaps for both of your picks those those are both really <laughs> good ones and also you stole media from me so now uh, i wish i'd gone before you so i can i can i can give you one in chat <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I, I think it'll be exciting, and kudos to the media team for pushing it for all these years. So, yeah. So you know, a close second for me in my favorite thing, and I was kind of flip flopping over the past week or so as I was thinking about it. Hey, cl- save it, save it for round two, Mister. Oh, okay, that's true. Okay, someone else says it. Okay, yes, I, I will do it. <laughs> all right, Ryan, you want to go next? Sure. Um. I, I am a little torn about my, my pick for what I'm excited for the most in Drupal 8, but I think overall on more sites, I'm going to say configuration management. Um, the idea that I can move my config around and it doesn't cause problems as often as it used to, I cannot say it's 100% problem-free. Um, we still have some really weird things where you download a set of config and you run it through, but somehow somebody changed like the extensions file, and now your whole site will not import because your extensions are out of date or something like that. There's still issues, but configuration management on the whole, it's it's like the difference between a five minutes of merging and forty five minutes of merging. It's it's ridiculous. Are you so, calling it a yeah. game changer? Is it a game changer? Game changer. Game changer. Absolutely. Yeah. I was. I would probably would have said that. I mean, just because my day to day, I'm programming more with and not building sites. But yeah, f- features and I mean, features in Drupal Seven was great. But I do remember like the crazy merges and yeah, it was it was nasty. So I can see that's huge. Big fan. Um, and as far as what I'm looking forward to the most, like. Media was definitely on my list, but let's let's say also that uh, DrupalCon is like almost always my favorite thing out of the whole year. <laughs> so I know it's going to be awesome. Um, this year, I actually only get to go to like Monday through Wednesday of DrupalCon because on Thursday, my wife and I are going to Greece. But whatever, um, <laughs> hard life. <laughs> <laughs> So it's it's going to be a really good DrupalCon this year. Um, you know, the Drupal community, I've, I'm on the session selection committee again um, on the site building track, and the Drupal community has definitely spoken that they don't want to necessarily see the same cast of characters giving the same kinds of talks all the time. So, you know, uh, last year they added the Being Human track, and so this is going to be the first North American con where we have Being Human was a very popular track. The Horizons track, which was new in New Orleans, is continuing to go gangbusters to add some things that are not Drupal, but 
still innovations that are happening in the world. And um, the topic of diversity and not like just diversity for the sake of checking a box, but for wanting to include those people who may not have had the opportunity to speak at DrupalCon, you know, in the last few years um, was definitely considered. And I believe actually, if you, if you filled out a session, it said, you know, do you consider yourself part of an underrepresented group? And um, so for many, many reasons, I think this year's DrupalCon is going to be a really great one. Okay, Ryan, I'll let you switch with me. You can have media and I'll take uh, DrupalCon. <laughs> I mean, also, really. I think Ted's going to be speaking there. I am. My first North American DrupalCon to speak. So, um, yeah, I would say, like, actually, truly, like, what am I looking forward to the most? Yeah, DrupalCon is, for me, will be much funner than media. And, I, I love that media will be in core, but I guess I like seeing people more. So, DrupalCon would probably be it. Awesome. <laughs> Um, speaking of, Mike, or are you doing anything at DrupalCon, or Anna, or Andrew? Um, yeah, I was going to mention I in the in the next section. I was going to mention um, I have a training that has that has been accepted, so I'll be doing a training on the first day of DrupalCon, a full day workshop, awesome. and Ted will be there as well. Yeah, I'm trying to travel less, so I'm not planning on going to Baltimore. You know, so and that I'm most up, likely not going. Yeah, that brings up, you know, and Ryan. I, I'm a little bit. I mean, I, I completely agree with your with your answer, but I'm a little bit surprised that you were the one to say DrupalCon Baltimore because I think that we've had this discussion both on the podcast and off about the the the, the struggle of the decision of deciding do I do I go to you know a DrupalCon that is potentially on the other side of the country or do I take that money that that would cost and go to multiple smaller Drupal events maybe closer to my house. Yeah. And it sounds like from your answer that you are, which is a little bit surprising to me, you are, it sounds like you're on the side of going to the big Drupal con event as opposed to multiple smaller events. Am I just reading I it? I think it's even more in focus for me because I recently moved across the country. Mm-hmm. So those multiple small Drupal events that I would probably want to go to are like, Boston and Orlando, right? Mm-hmm. And so those are both cross-country <laughs> trips. So yeah. two cross-country trips is way more expensive than one. Yes, that's true. <laughs> okay, so for you, it's a geographic issue more than anything else. Yeah, and so. that's definitely part of it. Um, and I got to say, the the Drupal meetups here in Portland are really pretty great. Um, the community is pretty well organized. It's very interesting. A lot of the people that you know, oh, so-and-so lives in Portland, don't go to the meetups. <laughs> but you do see them at all the big Drupal events, like Bad Camp, uh, you and I, Mike, both went to. Yeah. Uh, there were so many Portland people there that I've I've never <laughs> met at a meetup. More, pe- more Portland people at events out of Portland than in Portland. Sounds a bit similar to Chicago. Yeah, I think that yeah. happens in a lot of the larger metropolitan areas. Um. Because I actually, I went to a few of the Boston meetups and it was, you know, there were some, you know, recognizable faces, but considering how many, you know, how many folks are known to be in the Boston area, the meetups were not super represented by kind of the folks who have, you know, been in the community uh, for a super long time. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to like 
put people in like a, a ranking, but you know, it's like the the top ten percent are not the people that you see all the time. Right. And top ten percent, <laughs> maybe even just by like, you know, length of time in the community. Yeah, I was going to ask you. Please, uh, next, go ahead and define this. Uh, how you rank them? Top 10%. <laughs> we'll all listen to that answer, and no one else will say a word. <laughs> All right, Anna, you want to go next? Sure. Um, so I'd say my favorite thing, I kind of had it down to two. Uh, the runner-up is base theme and core. Uh, I think that is super powerful and uh, a very nice tool to have. But even better than that, a, a really great tool to have that I really miss having in Drupal 7 is libraries. The ability to define libraries for... Uh, you know, conditional inclusion, the ability to override and extend existing libraries where you say, if this library is in play, we'll add this file too, uh, but don't include this file at all. So you're talking about theme libraries, like the, the theme name.libraries.yaml file. And right, well, but, right. but you can do that with modules too. It's not just with themes. Oh, that's true. Um, okay. But it is, it is yeah, front-end, uh, more front-end focus CSS and JavaScript assets. So, so how, you don't have to load 15 different versions of jQuery all on the same page and try and figure out which one's winning anymore? Well, I'm sure that issue probably still exists. <laughs> well, so that's how a does really... The ba- Go ahead, Ted. I was going to say, how does like the base theme like affect you, the fact that it's there in core, like when you're making a site, why is that so much better? It really means that I just I don't have to go and download Zen, which yeah. is what, what I would always use. Um, and I think I think it's helpful for newer people, newer themers who don't really know where to start. Um, there are still occasionally times where I'm rescuing a site and somebody was sub-theming Bartik because while well, they wanted to use something from Core, but there really wasn't anything that existed that said, hey, here's all your CSS, here's some useful classes if you need it, here's what Drupal has now go and play. So it's, it's sort of similar to Mike's sort of point about modules it seems like you can just do more with core without having to know like oh i need to go get zen or i need to go get whatever other base theme to start off like that the best practice seems like in seven it used to be find a good base theme and then extend that where now it seems like you're saying actually uh, uh, a good best practice also could be like just rely on core space theme right Right, like awesome. know the difference between stable and classy, and there are plenty of posts that go through that. Um, but yeah, then pick one and get started. So on a side note, I consider myself both stable and classy. Well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> the new Bon Jovi album title, Stable and Classy. Well, and you, but your, your classiness inherits from your stability, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not even sure where to uh, go with that. That is... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, it's solid. That's um, a solid answer right there. <laughs> that, I'm actually really not surprised, but that's the. I mean, your first, the first, uh, your primary f- favorite thing, the module and theme libraries, as I have them written down here in the notes. Um, I would argue that, and maybe argue is not the the best word, but I'm going to use it anyway. Um, I would argue that the vast majority of folks putting together modules and or, you know, custom modules or custom themes um, aren't tapping into 80% of the power of libraries. They're just adding their, you know, on, a, on the theme side, and I'm guilty of this, you know, they're adding a library for their styles 
maybe a library for you know some custom JavaScript, and that's it. Do you, is, would you agree, Anna, that the percentage that, or am I just skewed because I I just don't happen to you know work on any projects that that require it or? Uh, well, I mean, I, I'm not going through and you know, reviewing other people's code, though I'm certainly right. happy to do that. Um, <laughs> but it's, I mean, yeah, I could see that you know, most people are like, okay, well, I have this one global library and that does everything and it's right. loading all this JavaScript on every page, even if I don't need to. Whereas now you can segment it out and say, okay, well, this page has a slideshow, so let me load the slideshow JavaScript and the slideshow styles on on this mm-hmm. page. Only it's it's uh, a shift to more like component based theming, right. pattern libraries and atomic design and and a lot of those different things. Um, but when I was thinking about it, when I I've been working in Drupal eight a lot, but I have, still have one or two Drupal seven sites that I support, and when I find myself going back and working on a Drupal 7 site, the library's thing is part of what I'm missing. Um, oh, okay. what, I'm, what I'm missing the most when I think about uh, working in Drupal 8 versus working in, in 7. So do you so. think folks coming from a front-end background, you know, using Pattern Lab or, or, or component-based theming, it seems like they would be the ones to um, utilize... Uh, libraries to a higher level than someone coming from a Drupal 7 only background and kind of, okay, I know how to theme in Drupal 7. Now in Drupal 8, all I need to do is add this global library to my style sheet that gets, you know, burned down from SAS and I'm good to go. Sure, sure. Right. Okay. So I guess that sort of brings up a point because you had talked about Anne about going back to 7 and maybe this is a question in general, like how are people finding you know, if if you're working in both Drupal eight and Drupal seven in general, how are people finding like switching back and forth? Is it close enough to where you don't have to like totally have a different mindset, or is it difficult to go back and forth if you have multiple sites that you have to support or develop in both? Yeah, so I would say if you learned Drupal eight is your first Drupal, going back to seven is oh that would be as bad. hard as learning Drupal the first time, right? Yeah. Because it's just so different. Um, not so, so much from the site building perspective. You know, that's very similar. But coding, and I would imagine theming as well. But I haven't got done a lot of theming in Drupal 7 recently. I think for me, the, the it's pretty... Because I do a fair amount on both sides. Um, the one sticky part I have in Drupal 8... And I'm still, I haven't, it hasn't been such an issue where it's, you know, I've, I've you know, needed to, to really like dig in and figure it out. Um, maybe Anna can give me a quick answer right now and solve all my problems. Um, but I use the theme developer module a lot in Drupal 7. Um, and that would enable me, no matter how small the element was, I could find, you know, normally the theme function that was used mm-hmm. to, gen- to, to generate that thing. And, you know, know what to override. In D8, I have a little bit, I have issues getting down to that granular level because I do not believe, and this is where I'm going to, I'm staring right at Anna, hoping that she's going to give me like an easy answer um, here. But the theme debug um, switch, I it, it doesn't seem to output 
information about every single template used. Like field level templates, I do not believe are output as part of that. Um, so I'm sure they are. Like field field like field.html.twig? Okay, maybe that one is, but I mean it's smaller levels, like um like our link templates, every time a link is output, I don't think like information about the link template is output in there. Like I don't I, think links use templates. There 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 are still a few functions and elements that don't use twig templates. They'll use inline templates, so they'll use something else. Yeah, so I guess that, you know, then like, you know, so where I struggle going back and forth is when I am in Drupal 8 and I need to override something that isn't obviously in a template, I'm a little bit lost as far as, okay, well, where do I find this thing to override? And I don't know if there's like, a, if there's just something I'm missing or if it's, you know, I, I don't know what, I don't know what the issue is, but as far as going back and forth between the two, that's really the only, the only time that I have you know, any hiccups at all. Yeah, I know links are kind of a weird... Yeah. There's like eight different ways to make a link. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have to look it up each time. Like, how do I make a link again? Yeah. Even like, you know, in, in Drupal 7, I think there was a theme function for usernames, right? Theme username. And I don't, I don't think I've had to do this in D8 yet, but I'm... I'm curious, like, is there a template for that? Or how are usernames themed now? Because I think that was dependent on whether or not you were, um, you had permission to see user profiles and, and stuff like that. So I just feel like the granularity that I had in Drupal 7 with theme developer, I, I'm missing some piece of it in Drupal 8 and trying to figure out what the heck to override. So again, that could just be me. Because I have a no, feeling. I think I think you're right. There are there are some differences, and there are some elements. Uh, links are definitely one of them. Username, I think you should be okay because I think I've done something similar with right. the username, or I just overwrote the template uh, with view modes and and stuff like that. I don't really remember. Yeah, and I think the only other thing that you know, if I was going to say you know, come up, just think about things that I have trouble going back and forth. I think in t unless you're really doing it every day, you know, overriding templates every day and really get, a, you know, a bit of experience with it. Um, if you have to dive down into a, like a multi-valued field to just pull out one bit of data, understanding the twig syntax to, to find that one piece that you need, that can be, I think, tricky as well. Well, but if you're manipulating data, you should be doing that in a pre-process, not in your twig template. Yeah, but aren't preprocess eventually going away? And shouldn't we like not be using preprocess functions? I, I think I heard that somewhere. I think I might have even said that on this podcast. But <laughs> having Easy. having worked <laughs> having worked with things, it's like okay, if your Twig template is is going to be your theme side, it should manage the HTML and the classes, and you know how the markup is being generated. But if you need to dig into the your variables of your node or of your field to try and you know pull out a single value that you're going to use to switch and do other things, I would say do a preprocess for that. Yeah, because Twig can get tricky. Or the the uh, the alternative to that is uh, submit your use case and try and get a custom uh, filter written that Drupal can provide for Twig. All right. I think we're going, I think we may have, we yeah. might have fallen down a bit of a rabbit hole here. 
<laughs> definitely digressed a little bit. So, um, I, so. I have a proposal that, that I think Anna still needs to finish hers, and I think Andrew, but we should yes. probably do one more round of picks, because <laughs> I definitely have one that I would love to bring. I will, can we make it a speed round? Lightning speed round. Speed round. Okay, so Anna has your agenda. Yeah, we need Anna's second half, what she's looking forward to the most. Yeah, I'm only halfway through. Uh, so what I'm looking forward to the most is uh, Contrib getting up to speed. Um, we've been talking a lot about the you know the core Contrib modules that everybody wants to use. That oh hey, that's great. Let's let's get it into core. But there are still you know widely used Contrib modules that are either on GitHub or people have made improvements and are using them for projects and custom repos. And those fixes, those those works, the, the the functionality hasn't quite made it onto Drupal.org as a as a uh, full release for Drupal 8. And I'm hoping that you know the adoption of Drupal 8 has increased. Hoping we're uh, reaching that critical mass of okay, you know the rules module is finally going to be ready for a release. Um, that's the the first one that that comes to mind. Um, but I'm sure there are. There are others. I was going to ask you. I'm glad you mentioned rules. Um, well, I, I, I saw your notes as, as you know. <laughs> I'm typing. Hey, name some. Yeah. So, well, I mean, but I don't like to call it like, hey, well, this module, well, it sucks now, but other people I'm sure have gotten its work. Like, it's not like that. Well, you're, but but it, I don't know. I mean, I understand. Like, rules for me is the big obvious one. Um, I don't. Yeah. It's I, I can't name another workhorse. one. Like, what's another module? And granted, there's going to be, you know, a lot of like, I don't call them edge cases, but, you know, modules that aren't, you know, super widely used. I don't know. Organic groups? Is that still a thing? Well, there's, so there's I, a I'm, groups I'm, module. I'm working on a project now that's that has groups module. Yeah. Um, there's groups in D8, which is, does not do everything that OG did in D7. But yeah. I have found for a lot of use cases, groups does enough. Unless you really need the full power of organic groups, then you're out of luck. But the groups module's you know pretty pretty darn good and covers you know a good number of um, use cases. I think. But I think yeah, I think contrib getting up to speed would be a pretty big mover for for Drupal eight adoption. Still, I mean, it has you know got up to speed to somewhat. But I'm sure there are maybe even till just recently. I don't think there's anything that is, and you know, maybe I'm, you know, a bit of my head's in the sand a bit. But I, I don't. There's, well, Webform like we just a, got a release. What's that? Webform just got a release for Drupal eight, and I don't think there's a migrate path yet. And that, I mean, right. that usage is huge. Yeah, and I think it was stopping a, a good number of people. I think I think that's in in this case what you mean by adoption Ted is not so much people building new sites but people upgrading existing sites. The Could upgrade be, yeah. path is still kind of rocky. Not not 100%, but there are still things that don't have don't have a an analog in Drupal 8. Like what? Oh, I think Webform was a big one. Um and one that I had heard multiple times. Until Which just now, recently. Yeah, just got it, yeah. Yeah, I think I I would agree with with this, um, but mainly from a like missing migration classes perspective. 
Like I think that would be a, a, a huge boon is if some of these, you know, some of the more widely used modules that have a release for Drupal 8 but don't have migration classes built in. Because realistically, if you have, if the module maintainers have migration classes built in, then you could very, you know, I'll use the word easily here and put air quotes around it, but you could easily move, you know, your data from D7 to D8. Um, I think maybe that's where I would, you know, I would put more of the emphasis on the, the data migration aspect of it than just the pure modules aren't ready yet. Um, I think the other, the other big one, which I don't know, I haven't paid too much attention on how far along it is, but is Commerce. Does that have, is, are they in beta yet? I think they're in beta, right? I, th I think they're in beta. Yeah, they're like beta 15. Okay, yeah, so they're, they're moving along. All right, cool. All right, so Andrew, your favorite thing about Drupal 8 so far? So this is going to be interesting because I, I don't know if I'm an outlier in the community or if, you know, there's a unrepresented population, but I am still in D7 land. So I do not have a production site in D8. Hmm. So, so you're working, so you're working in a situation where you have a bunch of internal site, not internal sites, but you're not making internal sites, and external, but you're not making sites for other companies. You're making sites for Red Hat. Correct. Yeah. So I, yeah, I could see that probably is a very common thing because why, you know, if you're making sites for your own company and you have a D7 site and it's working, why? Yep. So, I mean, it, my, though, I guess my choice for this one, even though I haven't used it, is the RESTful services and core because especially lately, I've been spending a lot of time getting information out of Drupal and into JavaScript, which so RESTful services would make my job easier. Can I change my answer to that too? I should, <laughs> <laughs> I should probably, that, that should probably be my favorite. No, no, too late. Oh my goodness. All right, so Andrew, what are you looking uh, forward to the most? I would say using Drupal 8 would be your answer. Yeah, yeah. Getting a proud side out there for D8 would be definitely what I'm looking forward to. But I'm going to cheat a little too. Okay. Little. Um, and I'm starting the hype train a little early, but Drupal Camp Florida at the beginning of 2018, it's going to be the 10-year anniversary. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I love that, that answer. So, Andrew, have, have you guys... Do you have like one main site that's in Drupal 7? Have you started other sites um, since Drupal 8's come out and just chose to do them in, um, in Drupal 7 still because it makes sense? I'm losing some packets here. So uh, <laughs> could you ask that one again? Um, have you guys made sites, new sites, since Drupal came out, Drupal 8 came out, but it just made more sense to make them in Drupal 7, start new sites in Drupal 7 still? Oh, did we lose Andrew? Can you hear me? We hear you now. Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, I dropped off. Okay. Did you hear the question? Could I? No, I need Ted's question All again. Right, so Ted, okay. did, I was... well, Ted, wait a beat and then and then ask. That way we can edit it. So have you guys, you have Drupal 7 sites that obviously existed before Drupal 8 came out, but have you guys made new sites that just made more sense to keep making them in 7 since Drupal 8 came out? 
So actually, our newer sites are Drupal 8. I just, my team hasn't worked on it just oh, yet. Okay. Uh, so this is all older sites that have a lot invested in them, and it's going to be a, a pretty big process to move them over to Drupal 8. Yeah. So the organization is using 8, just you haven't been working with those. Exactly. All right. Very... Hey, follow, follow up. Have have are you guys using like a what I would say a features based workflow, and is that part of the reason to make this hard? Like, do you have your own distributions or something like that that you're using? Actually, we don't have our own distributions, and that's a really popular question. Everyone seems to ask that, but we don't have our own distribution. But we do use heavily use features quite a bit. Um. The I, I think the main thing holding us back is we just have a lot of custom code and a lot of work in Drupal 7. So it's not a small project to move over if you want to do 100% to 100% of Drupal 7 to 8. That's, you know, probably like a year-long uh, project for a few people. So when we do Drupal 8, which hopefully will be kicking off soon, uh, for the older sites, what we're going to probably do is move over parts of the site to Drupal 8 and not try to do the whole project at once. All right. Interesting, yeah. Shall we uh, do the speed round? So what is it going to be? Same questions? Speed I would round, say, like one. Well, let's do... Um, I would say you either get... Maybe even just get one, unless you have two really strong ones. Yeah, I was going to say... It will do a speed round of our favorite Drupal 8 thing so far with each of us having an opportunity to say one more thing. And then we'll do a speed round of what you're looking forward to the most. All right, everybody ready? Timer, Timer's on. Um, I'm just going to go in the order that we just answered. So I'm going to go first. And uh, my favorite thing about Drupal 8 so far, um, second round would be plugins. Good one. Ted. Okay, so what I'm looking forward to is JSON API either being stable in contrib or core. Uh, I think it'll be a game changer for uh, decoupling and JavaScript developers working with Drupal. All right. And Ryan? Yeah, um, favorite thing so far would be Migrate. It's a close second, and it's also funny because you write it all in config files pretty much. Yep. Uh, which is my first pick. <laughs> Anna? Um, I'm well, going to steal... You already one of had two. This is, this is like your third I, one. I had a runner-up. I'm, I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm going to steal one of Mike's favorites, um, another super site builder-friendly one, view modes. Oh, yes. I love view modes. That's, that, was, that was in the running for mine, definitely. Um, it, and for clarification, Mike's section in the notes has like eight different links. So I don't know if he can really complain about a runner up. But I only <laughs> said path auto and then, you know, we brought up the other ones in, in conversation. So lightning, lightning. Okay. Andrew, um, other than uh, your, your secondary answer for favorite thing. I'm going to say composer all the things. <laughs> all right. Very good. Um, okay, so what am I looking forward to the most in the Drupal universe in 2017? Um, I didn't really have a good answer until a couple of minutes ago, but based on our conversation, I do have a, 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 a secondary thing now, and that is um, more migration classes in Contrib. I think that'll be, a, you know, to uh, 
to use uh, Ryan's phrase, a bit of a game changer. And Ted? Uh, so JSON API was actually for upcoming. Um, yeah. which, uh, another favorite thing in Drupal 8. Gosh, I would say... I would say... <laughs> oh, so you, wait, you're going backwards now because you gave us the wrong answer counts. Time. No, you I said... Think, I think experimental counts, Ted, if you want to just you, pick something that you worked on. You chose one. You said choose one. I thought that means either what's coming up oh or gosh. your favorite thing. No, okay. Experimental modules, the idea of it okay. is my favorite. Okay, very yep. good. Okay, so now we're going back to Ryan, back to what he's looking forward to the most since Ted messed us all up. We'll just cut it all together. It'll be fine. Yeah, Andrew can figure all this out. He'll unwind the, the giant ball of spaghetti. So um, it's it's something that is possible now, but I'm not using much yet. But I know just by looking at uh, the talks that are coming into, you know, Drupal camps and DrupalCon is um, not Drupal based theme systems. So like, let's say Pattern Lab, right? That's that's like the the king of the mountain right now. Mm-hmm. Um a project that I'm working on right now, they actually are using pattern lab and therefore rewrote the twig theme engine. Um, just to make their lives easier. So pretty interesting stuff. Wow. I think if you're at mid camp, you will see uh, Luke Wirt's presentation about that and he will fill you in on exactly what he's talking about. Uh, Ooh. Interesting. And Anna. Um, pass. I don't really know. Wasn't really. Right, that's right, because you double dipped on the first one anyway. So. Oh, oh <laughs> would you stop? <laughs> would you stop? I, I'm a stickler for the rules, if anything. So. You make up. You're, we're playing Calvin Ball now with your rules. Like. <laughs> oh, that's true. Okay. Well, if you want to come back in uh, 20 minutes and with an answer, that's cool. We'll we'll let you sneak it in. Um, Andrew, other than Florida Drupal Camp 2018, which is going to be amaze balls. Yeah, did I mention we had an alligator at the 2017 Drupal Camp? Let's talk Florida Drupal Camp. You haven't, but let's let's talk about that right now as we let's transition into Drupal Easy News. Um, and it's not specifically Drupal Easy News, but there is a recap on the camp Florida Drupal Camp 2017 on DrupalEasy.com. The link will be in the show notes. And yes, Andrew, we had a live alligator, and people thought we were lying or kidding or joking or it was going to be a stuffed animal or something, but it was actually a live alligator named Skywalker. Yep, and he was awesome. He was chill. He was chill. The handler, his handler was chill. We actually worked with the folks from Gatorland, which uh, if you drive between the coast where I am and uh, Central Florida where Andrew is, you basically have to go through... A giant swamp and the only establishments or commercial establishments um, in that area between the coast and central Florida there's um, either fish camps or gator attractions and this is one of the alligator attractions and um, yeah it, it turned out to be a big hit anyone who was on Twitter a couple weekends ago um, you know following any you know any one of a number of people in the community probably saw some selfies of uh, of themselves holding uh, Skywalker the alligator. So that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, as Andrew said, next year, 10-year anniversary. Um, 
I don't know what to say other than uh, we have to figure out a way to top ourselves after this year, which uh, is going to be interesting to say the least. Um, but I think I want to talk about – actually, here, let me – real quick. We mentioned it already, but since I'm, again, a stickler for the rules and trying to follow the rundown, um, uh, I, Ted and I will be doing uh, introduction module development for Drupal 8 at DrupalCon Baltimore. Registration is open now. It's a full-day training. It takes place Monday, April 24th, uh, the first day of DrupalCon, or the first uh, – the training day of DrupalCon, I guess is the best way to – to put that. Of DrupalCon North America. DrupalCon North America. Yes. Thank you. Because they took away the training days for the European DrupalCon. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But first, I want to hear from you, Anna. Um, we talked about it briefly before we started recording. Um, but you recently attended uh, Drupal Camp Northern Lights, which took place in Iceland, which I was really surprised. It got There was a lot of um, information about it, a lot of social media um, posts about it. Um, like I thought it was like some huge event with hundreds of people. And in the end, I think it ended up having somewhere around you know, 100 people attended, which you know blew their expectations out of the water. Um, but I was joking that the attention to attendee ratio was was pretty high for a camp. And I think and and I'm I'm gonna shut up here in a second, but I'm pretty sure that just has to do with the with the uniqueness of the of the location. I think yeah, I think the one of the primary draws was the location. I mean, people don't necessarily think that uh, Iceland in February is going to be a great time. Um, it was, you know, spoiler alert. Um, but yeah, there, there were 95 attendees from about two dozen countries. Uh, 75% were non-Icelanders <laughs> and uh, 20% were female. Um, so that is going to be a strong bar uh, for for any camp next year, I think, to say that, hey, we had you know 20% female attendees. Um, so was it, I mean, I, it, you know, looking at the pictures there, I mean, you, there were excursions. I know that the morning of the camp, there was like some huge snowfall that, you know, <laughs> Stopped everybody yep. in their tracks, and I know people were like walking to the venue. Um, was this more of a? Uh, and I'm not saying this to, to downplay it in any way. I don't want I don't want that to you know even creep into anyone's minds. But it seems like this was almost like a a a retreat with some Drupal as opposed to a Drupal event with some with some fun. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, maybe you could look at this as being kind of like the the Drupalaton, kind of mm -hmm. uh, the the European event where hey, let's go hang out at this resort lake and maybe get some Drupal done, right? Um, but have a lot of time swimming and having fun. There, there was definitely some of that uh, going on. Um, I think we did get an authentic Icelandic experience where the weather really dro drove what we were doing. Uh, we went from plan A, B, C, all the way down to Z um, <laughs> in terms of, in terms of, okay, what are we doing today? I, I think the, the organizers of the camp took a slightly different approach is that they knew that people who are going to come to Iceland would want to see things and, and experience some of the, some of the natural wonders that are there. So all of the sponsorship money went towards organizing these excursions and you know getting buses to ferry ferry the attendees around um 
So Friday, we were supposed to do like a pre-camp day. The camp was officially supposed to be just on Saturday. Friday was going to be the grand excursion. We're going to do the Golden Circle Tour, um, which is one of the popular day tours that leaves out of Reykjavik. And what happened was there were gale force winds and all the roads out of the city through the entire country were closed down. So, okay, so we're not going to go on our uh, on the tour today. Um, but instead, we did some ice skating at uh, an ice skating rink. So there are some fun pictures there. And we had a reception at the mayor's office. Um, they held a reception oh. for us uh, because the city of Reykjavik uses Drupal. And so we were kind of, you know, celebrated with, you know, drinks and uh, appetizers and stuff like that. So that was a, a fun time. Wait, uh, so was this an impromptu reception with the with the mayor because you guys didn't go out on the tour? Or was that the, already planned? The reception had been planned. We were going to okay. do the tour during the day and then come <laughs> back for the reception. Um, so then the second day... Uh, Saturday was supposed to be the full camp day. And what the organizers were able to do was reschedule our excursion to being Saturday afternoon. So we had, you know, the keynote session and the welcome sessions and one, one round of regular sessions for any of the presenters who wouldn't be around on Sunday. Um, and then we went on, on the golden circle tour and finished our, Oh, first we did lunch at uh, roof, which is the national broadcasting company. Um, so we went to their offices and had uh, a lovely lunch uh, in their in their cafeteria, um, and they were willing to host us because they also use Drupal. For uh, pretty much everybody in Iceland uses Drupal, um, <laughs> but so so a lot of a, a good portion of the sponsorships were like, oh well, we use Drupal and we want to kind of thank all of you for for making it awesome. Um, so we did lunch and then we went on the excursion. And we were having dinner at uh, a tomato farm. Um, lovely, lovely place. Um, you know, greenhouse, middle of nowhere, uh, you know, geothermal energy for, for cooling or for heating and, and things like that. Um, and then it's like, well, okay, we would love to uh, be able to stay in chat, but the weather's getting a little bit worse, so we need to go back. And so that's when we wake up Sunday morning and it's a record-breaking snowfall. 55 centimeters of snow fell in Reykjavik overnight, uh, which is where you see all the great pictures. Um, but eventually we were able to all, you know, kind of crawl our way through the, <laughs> through the unplowed streets to get to the venue and have, you know, a full day of sessions um, and, and things like that. Um, so do you think, I mean... So did- First of all, I, I mean, it sounds, I mean, I, I'm jealous. I'm jealous of all the all the folks I know who are there because Iceland is one of those places, you know, I, I think it's just unique enough where um, I, I would love to, to visit and, you know, spend some time outside and just see that. Yeah, it's great to have an excuse to go. Like, right. it's definitely a destination location. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that was a phrase I was actually about to use. Do you think there's room in the in the Drupalverse for events like this that are less about the actual Drupal content and more about the destination, the potential networking, and some Drupal content thrown in. I think it depends on who's paying for it yeah. because I mean we had you know there there are a bunch of people who you know were funding their own way they they weren't necessarily able to get their company to pay for them to go because it's like oh well yeah you know it's just yeah. going to be you know 
a place to have fun. I, the, the, the social aspect, the networking is great, um, super important. I don't know that a lot of uh, contribution got done in terms of in terms of the sprint space and and what was actually mm-hmm. you know contributed back to the project. Um, I think it kind of removes that. I don't know if a veil or you know that kind of misdirection that people have, um, like with New Orleans. Um, you know, New Orleans is a great destination location. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, yeah, you know, my, my job will pay for me to go to DrupalCon, so I kind of have to attend some of the sessions, but... It is New Orleans, so... So... It kind of reminds me uh, of, you know, those nerd cruises they have, where it's, you know, it, it's a cruise boat that is basically populated, you know, they, they bring aboard some, some tech riders and some speakers, and they have some presentations, but it's kind of like you're going on vacation with a bunch of your you know, nerd friends or Drupal friends or insert, you know, your industry here type of type of deal. That's kind of what just reading all the social media posts um, and, and seeing all the pictures, that's what it seemed like to me, which, you know, I, I think it's a fantastic idea. I know that we've, you know, years ago, we had some initial discussions with a cruise company based in Florida about doing a Drupal cruise. And we were trying to figure out how do we make it work from a sponsorship standpoint? How do we make it work from a financial standpoint? Um, and how do we make it work from an internet access standpoint, which was one of our big, mm. our big sticking points. Mm-hmm. And we just, we, we didn't have a good feeling for if we were to do this, would we even be able to come close to the number of people it would require to, you know, to make it, fin- to, to make it feasible and then furthermore, would sponsors step up and help sponsor it, knowing that the attendance is probably going to be on the smaller side? But maybe the Iceland one, you know, a couple, one or two years of them doing it like this, where it gets a whole lot of buzz, maybe it does turn into a larger camp where it's more yeah. like, yeah, you got to go there because everybody goes there and, you know, it's a, a place to meet and also a place to get stuff done. Yeah, I don't think we really, I mean, you know, Anna, you mentioned the the one in Hungary, Drupalatan. That's Hungary, right? Is that where they do that? Uh, not sure. Okay. Um, you mentioned that one. You mentioned Iceland. I don't think there's anything like that in North America that I'm aware of. Are you saying we need like a Drupal camp, Bozeman, Montana, or something like that? Yeah, I was going to go more or a retreat. Yeah, I was going to go more with what's the um, What's the place in Arizona? There's the city in Arizona where there's a lot of like Zen meditation. Um, Sedona. Sedona. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> like a, a Sedona. Dribble community of Sedona. You have been called exactly. out. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway. Con Ithaca 2018. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Just try to get there. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Very good. Um, all right. So great. So I think that, you know, that, that, I mean, it sounds like a great event, or it sounds like it was a great event. Um, and uh, yeah, yep. lucky you, you... they are. They are planning, or they, they are definitely considering doing another one um, in two to three years. All right, very good. Um, I think we have time for just one more story. I know we're kind of getting a little bit long here, so let's just cover one more story, and then we'll we'll wrap this up with um, um, uh, five questions for for one of us. Although I think Andrew's internet connection is uh, is dying, so we might have to. Might have to uh, switch from Andrew answering the picks of the week 
to someone else. But let's see if Andrew can get that worked out. In the meantime, let's talk about um, an article that came out a couple weeks ago DrupalCon, about DrupalCon Vienna. Um, this came out uh, February 15th, uh, Drupal Association blog about program changes at DrupalCon Vienna. And this kind of ties back to the Drupal Association um, kind of switching gears going from a, you know, supporting the release of Drupal 8 mode to supporting the adoption of Drupal 8 mode and making sure that whatever they do moving forward um, is, you know, is, is bringing in the necessary resources to the DA so that they can you know, be sustainable moving forward. Um, so one of the changes, or not, I shouldn't say one, but one of the things they're doing is uh, making some fairly significant changes to uh, DrupalCon Vienna. And um, it seems like uh, these changes will be for DrupalCon uh, Europe moving forward. Um, and I think the, the big one that we should probably fo focus on and discuss here is getting rid of one of the code sprint weekends as well as the training day and business summit day. So in the past few years, DrupalCon Europe has largely mirrored the DrupalCon North America event where there's code sprints on both weekends, before and after. And then the Monday of DrupalCon is a training and a, and a summit day, sometimes community summit, business summits. Um, it sounds like in Europe, they are um, the DA has decided that that is not bringing in um, enough uh, money to actually support it. So they're getting rid of I believe it's the the first weekend's um, sprints as well as the Monday programming and activities. Um, yeah, I think the the weekend sprints were always kind of community organized. Mm -hmm. um, it was never never official. It was definitely on the schedule, but it wasn't um, rebooting their post. They are cutting the on location in venue sprints on Monday. Right. And, and I think that's probably, like you said, I think the hope, and it, it's probably a fair expectation that sprints will happen, but the community will make them happen. And, you know, you'll have a local organization step up and say, if you're here for DrupalCon, come by our offices and sprint here. That's what I suspect yeah. will happen. Yeah. And I think uh, somebody had mentioned this to me when this came up is that Europe has a lot of sort of regional events um, like I guess there's European Drupal Days, there's Dev Days, there's Front End United. So it could be why uh, DrupalCon Europe doesn't get or isn't as big a moneymaker as DrupalCon North America because there are these events that aren't necessarily tied to a region and also maybe focused. I think there's like a business day that's focused on a particular area. Um, yeah, I know. Like, yeah, like DrupalCon London, I think, is going on as we speak. Camp. Yeah. Camp. Thank you. Drupal Camp London is going. And I believe that that is a multi-day event. Actually, I'm, I'm positive yeah. that's a multi-day event. So, yeah, that could definitely be part of it. It's it's a little bit of a, you know, for me, it's a little bit sad that they're not doing the Monday programming. Um, mm -hmm. You know, me being a trainer and all, but that's like more of a personal thing than anything. Um, but I mean, the, the rationale is, 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 you know, dead on. I mean, they have to pay for the venue. They have to pay for food. They have to pay for Wi-Fi. Those expenses add up, um, add up pretty quickly. Um, and then there's some other things like, um, there's not going to be as much of the, the swag 
that's um, that's going to be available uh, at other Drupal cons. It's not, you know, I, I think they mentioned the, the T-shirts and tote bags and, and things like that. So um, changes to the European Drupal con um, to, to, you know, to make it sustainable, which I think is, you know, super duper important. Okay. Um, yeah. So let's, uh, okay. So I lied. Let's cover one more story because I think we alluded to it earlier as well. Um, and so let's talk about, and I'm going to stare right at Ted for this one is uh, 8.3 is coming and there's a bunch of new features coming. Um, Ted, do you want to give us a, a quick overview of what we can expect in Drupal 8.3? I know that you are directly involved in some of these. Uh, yeah, a lot of stuff that I'm involved with didn't actually make it into 8.3, but... Oh, so what have... are you saying exactly? <laughs> 8.4. So we the big one that uh, I'm aware of is a layout module. So we're going to have this experimental module. Well, there's a layout plugin going to be in core. And contrib, I think panels and display suite are either already or very soon we'll have releases that that use that plugin. So so will be used across different contrib modules and there'll be an experimental module field layout which will let you do sort of a small part of what display suite does as far as layouts on the field display screen. Um, there's some workflow improvements as far as the workflow initiative um, with editorial states, which I know less about. Big pipe is stable. So a lot of people know big pipe. It's basically like a perceived uh, rendering uh, makes your, your page, the parts that are faster appear faster. And uh, if you're on Facebook, you'll see this where certain parts of uh, your page you'll see while the other are still loading. So this has been in contrib and it's been experimental in Drupal 8 for a while. It's going to be stable, so you can turn it on in Drupal 8. Um, so that'll be nice. There's some uh, quick edit has now uploading of images via drag and drop, so do, uh, which is not... I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm not asking this to be snarky, but who's using yeah. quick edit? Because I don't think this is like a Drupal developer thing. I think this is more but, of an end user thing. So I'm just curious. Yeah, quick edit's on out of the box, isn't it? When you install Drupal? Yeah. Yeah, but I know that I have, you know, the clients I have on Drupal 8... I'm almost positive none of them are using it. So, but do you turn it off for them? So here's here's what I say about Quick Edit. I think that it does not replace node editing. Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. But there are a couple of fields you want to edit, and you have this feature request, you can enable it. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the really shorter answer, because I know we're trying to wrap this up. But. I think it also points to the bigger point that we don't have usage statistics, though, on individual core modules. Sure, so sure. we don't really know. I think everybody kind of like it was a known thing that everybody turned off or a lot of people turned off overlay right away in Drupal 7. <laughs> uh, do we know that's happening for quick edit? I don't you know, I don't think we do know that, um, but it would be nice if we knew that. Yeah. So I don't know. It's a, it's a really cool uh, feature to demo. I'm just not sure it's actually being used. I have not seen, and granted, I'm an extremely so, small sample size. Yeah, so I know one thing, though, is that there has been, 
work with um, like panelizer to make it work well with panelizer. Mm-hmm. So you got to imagine if they're you know working on that, they're probably getting people requesting it. Yeah. As far as like, hey, I use Quick Edit and it doesn't work well, so yeah. um, that would be one indication that some people do use it. Hey, let's talk about this layout plugin stuff because I think this is really super cool. Um, yeah. So it seems to me that the, the layout plugin contrib module, which was new to Drupal 8, which kind of was a, a layer that sat between Drupal core and modules like panels and display suite. So that panels and display suite didn't have to have different types of layouts. They could use the same layout, like, and layout, it was defined by what, by layout plugin. Um, so you could use a panels layout with display suite and vice versa. Um, so it seems to me, and, and I don't know, Ted, if you can answer this or maybe Anna can, um, but it seems to me like the bulk of the layout plugin contributed module has been brought into core along with some very rudimentary layouts. Is that the gist? Yeah, I think there's like five layouts, yeah. but the field, so the, the part with the field display will be really nice. So basically instead of just being able to drag fields, um, you know, order them, you'll be able to say, I want on this, for this bundle or this, you know, for articles, I would like to use this particular layout and, you know, put these three fields over there because so much more, so many more things are, are, um, are, uh, fields in Drupal Mm eight than there were in Drupal seven. I think that is more of an improvement that it would have been. I think Uh, we can have an entire podcast where we debate the, the the different ways and the best ways for given uh, given set of conditions of doing layout in Drupal 8. Yeah, yeah. So a couple of things. Uh, so the REST API improvements, you can register users. Do you uh, not want to talk about REST. layout anymore? Is that why you just leave me off? Is that what happened? <laughs> I, thought, we're, I, I thought, thought we were wrapping up. I'm kidding. Yeah, and you said we could have a whole nother podcast. So I was... Uh, I, was I was starting I was that thinking. podcast right now. I was just launching yeah, it. Right yeah. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. I need uh, breakfast. Yeah, so an- anonymous, <laughs> our, our anonymous REST API is 60% faster because of internal page cache. And we have a whole lot of better error responses in REST. That's it. Hey, does Drupal 8.3 have that new status report page? Did that make it into 8.3? Yeah. Yeah, very pretty new status page. That's awesome. That was going to be um, another story, so I will leave that one in there. But that's a really cool blog post and um, just a really cool example of changes that are, are you know, kind of low-hanging fruit changes that are getting into these point releases of Drupal. You know, a much prettier okay. and much more usable status report page. Okay. Upcoming events. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Thank you, Ted. Okay. I, golly. I, I've personally had breakfast, so you know I'm yeah. looking out for the rest of us. Who's going to DrupalCon Baltimore? Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Those yeah. of us raising our hand. Yeah. Very good. Um, Ted, you are speaking on what? Uh, Drupal is changing quickly how and why. So basically, like, how the new release cycle and experimental modules and getting stuff in and se- semantic versioning, how that works. All right, and then you will be off to. Oh, actually, before that, in a few weeks, you're yeah. off to um, Seville for Drupal Dev Days. Yeah, yeah. Never been to Spain. Never been to Dev Days. So I'm excited. Uh, four keynotes, all female. That's uh, uh, I think a change from a lot of events. So, oh uh, well, Great. you know, some events. You know, Florida Drupal Camp. 
<laughs> we had three female featured speakers this year. Yeah, so we Dev Days has four. Not that I want to make a big deal about it. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Anna's probably going to mid-camp. Yes, I am. I feel like the two of you are conspiring against me at this point. <laughs> to, to, to get this pot is there like something happening in five minutes that we need to get okay no, i'm just kidding All right. okay so march camp march is, 31st is uh end of the month right uh, anna yep yep the third starts 31st uh with training days and then the weekend uh april fool's day which should be interesting <laughs> uh, and that's a pretty big event i've never been to a mid camp but from what i understand that's what three four hundred people something like that I think so, yeah. I think last year we were almost 300. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I haven't been as involved in the planning this year, so I'm not sure what the numbers are looking like right now. But I know we're planning for like 350, 400 people okay. with the venue that we have. I've been to one mid-camp, and it was awesome. So if you can go. yeah. I, I also heard there's going to be, I want to say the words photo booth. That I haven't heard about, but I would not be surprised. <laughs> I don't know. The... One of the lead organizers of MidCamp I talk to at least once a week because um, everybody I work with lives in Chicago or something. I don't know. Um, there, there's lots of fun hats. There's going to be hats. I, that's what I know. I guess when I see hats, I think photo booth. I've, I've heard they're going to have a live elephant. <laughs> <laughs> like a really tiny one, just like fits on no, the kitchen full table. Size, full size. Full size. Okay. A full size pygmy elephant. <laughs> Anna, where can people find you online? I am a colada all across the place. And Mr. Bowman? Uh, Ted Bow. Twitter Mr. and Drupal.org, basically. All right. Mr. Price? I go by Liberator. Take out the last vowel. And Andrew, are you still with us? Uh, hopefully. I'm Andrew M. Riley. All right, very good. And let's real quick, since Andrew, you are like Haley's comment in the podcast, you are going to be the subject of the five questions. So name something. Okay, I've got my thinking cap on. Hopefully it's a funny hat. That way Ryan will stay paying attention. Um, Name something interesting you do outside of Drupal. Uh, I like brewing beer. Well, and drinking it, I suppose, but it sounds more responsible saying brewing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Any particular style of beer that you uh, are partial to? Personal favorite is stouts, but uh, it's like pizza. Even bad beer is pretty good. Yeah, you you're not like one of those uh, snobby IPA folks, are you? I like a good IPA now and then, but pretty much if it's got the word beer on it, I'll drink yeah, it. I think those IPA folks are getting a little out of hand, getting a little full of themselves. It's IPA this, <laughs> IPA that. So getting a little tired of it. I think they need to calm down a little bit. Um, name the last piece of software you installed. Now, everyone listening, try not to gasp too hard, but the WSL, the Windows subsystem for Linux in Windows. Yes. And what did you think? Uh, I think it's got some potential. It's still falling a little short. Like, I'm running into some really interesting issues. The next uh, release that's supposed to be coming out in spring of 2017 should fix quite a few of those. But I've run into some things where, like, um, you know, like watching on the file system doesn't work because a certain call isn't available or things like ping doesn't work. All right. But it's getting there. So give it, you know, three months to a year. And I think it will be a pretty crazy, uh, awesome thing. All right. That's very interesting. What is a goal that you have not accomplished yet? That is terrifying. 
So I'm going to borrow this one from Jim Smith. Uh, he's actually hiking the Appalachian Trail right now, and that's something I've always wanted to do. All right. I don't think he um, he's actually going to be delayed. He was actually, I think he was supposed to start in a few days. Um, but I think he's actually has to be delayed by a couple of weeks. But I believe he's going to be in Baltimore. I think he's going to take a few days off the trail and attend DrupalCon Baltimore and then get his butt right back on the trail. So that's really interesting. And I will put, um, there's, he has a great blog about his preparation and that he's going to blog from the trail. Um, and I'll give it a plug. I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before. He does a great presentation about um, lessons learned from hiking that can be applied to Drupal as well. And the presentation is full of just amazing photos that he's taken from um, all the hiking he's done. Um, what is the last exotic animal that you hand-fed? Ooh, that, that's a tough one. I mean, aside from holding the alligator at Florida Drupal Camp, I would say I think the last exotic animal I fed would be a giraffe. Giraffes are fun to feed. They have those giant purple tongues. So, so yep. bizarre. Um, and then what was your tipping point Drupal moment? Was it the first episode of the Drupal Easy podcast? Was that it? Was that the answer you want to give us? <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, yeah, I got uh, kind of two tipping points. The first one was uh, I was just hired for a new job at an agency. And they said, do you know Drupal? And I said, well, I've done one site in Drupal. I wouldn't say I know it, but I know how to do a couple things in it. And I said, great. Well, you have to do three sites, and they're due in like two months. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so uh, I kind of had a very uh, quick crash course in Drupal. But then one of those memories I always remember is at the downtown Orlando library, when we started the Florida Drupal group, there was a, a small group of us there, and uh, we all sat around. I'm like, wow, these these people are really into to Drupal. I you know, I'm just starting off, and i got these three sites to do. Uh, I'll stick around. Maybe they could teach me something. <laughs> Yeah, I think that was that was a rising tide lift all lifted all of our ships yeah. situation for sure. Um, all right, very good, thank you, uh, Andrew. Um, so let me mention webenable.com and devpanel.com. You can build, manage, and deploy Drupal sites on webenable.com, and be sure to check out devpanel.com. It is like C panel for developers. Um, Another shout out. Thank you to uh, WebEnabled and uh, the folks at WebEnabled.com and DevPanel.com for being one of the gold sponsors of Florida Drupal Camp. Always very generous with us. If you enjoyed the podcast and want to hear um, more, definitely check out older episodes at DrupalEasy.com slash podcast or just search for DrupalEasy on your favorite podcast player. If you want to leave voicemail and um, tell me why IPAs are the best beers in the world, uh, you can do that in the U.S. It's plus one, three, two, one, three, nine, six, two, three, four, zero. And if you want to get an idea of the stories that we're following and might be talking about on future episodes of the podcast, you can check us out on Reddit um, on the Drupal EC podcast subreddit. All right, it is time for breakfast, Anna. What are you having? Oh, uh, whatever the uh, bakery cafe down the down the block has uh, made. Oh, like a like a warm chocolate croissant or something like that. That sounds delicious. Yep, right they they do they do croissants mm. on the weekends. Uh, cinnamon rolls are always excellent. 
scones. Oh, blueberry scones. I don't think I would survive living close to a place like yeah, that. Yeah, not was it within walking distance? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Not, it's yeah. it's it's a quarter mile away. Oh my god, I am a sucker for like a blueberry scone. You, you put a blueberry scone like in a like a glass, you know, display somewhere. And it's you know, <laughs> it almost doesn't matter what it costs. I have to try it. So anyway, there will be Mike's nose prints on that glass. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> there might be drool marks. There might be. And surprisingly, and I know Ted Ted's going to be appalled by this, the blueberry scones at Starbucks are actually quite good. I'm actually a big fan of... Uh, yeah, if you have $5 to pay for one. Yes, but if you're a member <laughs> yes. of like the Starbucks club or whatever it is, and you pay with your phone, it's almost like you're not ever paying for anything, because it's all kind of invisible money at that point. So gotcha, that's the way I kind of sleep gotcha. at night that um, should make you count it out in halfpennies yeah <laughs> i probably wouldn't have as many then that's definitely for sure all right well thank you everyone for um sharing your saturday mornings with the rest of the drupal community on our podcast much appreciated to everybody um once again i hope kelly is having a successful and uh, white uh, ski trip up in uh, the wilds of new england and uh, we will see everybody on the next drupal easy podcast see ya I'm here to stay in the Drupal way, where I leave behind beliefs from yesterday, where the themers meet the coders and builders come to play, the finest hour that I have seen is the one that comes in between, the edge of Break a day when my side launch finally went okay. I'm here to stay in the Drupal way where I leave behind beliefs from yesterday, where the themers meet the coders and builds come to 